Hi, this is Dr. Aaron Werner with the Independent Insights Podcast, and where we had a great conversation today with Shelly Smith. Uh, she had written an article in the Review of Optometric Business about how they increased their capture at 12%. And so we pick her brain, uh, get some best practices, learn what they did, and review a little bit of the article. We'll link the article to the show notes. Uh, so please enjoy our conversation. And as always, if, uh, if you enjoy it, share the conversation, leave a, leave a comment, uh, subscribe, and let us know what else you'd like to hear. If you've never been to a Vision Source Exchange, you don't know what you're missing. I tell people it's kind of like describing chocolate to someone who's never had chocolate. You just have to experience it to really understand how great it is. The exchange is like no other optometry event, and that's because it's full of like-minded private practice docs and staff focused on not just clinical, but the business aspect of private practices. If you're interested in joining Vision Source or learning more about the exchange, please click on the link in the show notes. Hi, I am Dr. Aaron Warner, and I'm here with Shelley Smith, who is the practice manager with uh, Dr. Shea and Jones, optometrist in Effingham, Illinois. And Shelly, where is Effingham? Uh, we are about four hours south of Chicago, right okay. in the center of the state. Uh, so nice and warm and sunny there right now in January. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been with the practice, uh, where, you, uh, where you grew up, how you got there. Sure. Well, I was born and raised in Effingham. Um, I moved away to the East Coast. I lived in Delaware for a little bit, which is where I got into the eye care business. Um, I was 19 years old and started as a receptionist and learned all the different areas in the practice. And then I decided to come home. Um, and I started working for Dr. Sahian Jones. And I've been here for right at 10 years, um, actually. Since Dr. Werner and I have talked last, I have um, been in a new role. I'm now our director of operations, so Ooh. I'm now running our, loca our main location as well as our uh, five satellite locations, so very busy. Very cool. Congratulations. Thank you. So, hi. And uh, that, that, that's exciting. And what prompted this conversation is you uh, wrote an article that was published in Review of Optometric Business, and we'll link that to the, the show notes for the episode. Uh, but you wrote an article that said how we increased capture rate 12%. Um, and I don't know a single independent practice that wouldn't double take when they saw that and uh, immediately read the article. Uh, fantastic, and uh, we want to learn. So we want to, uh, to know what you did, uh, how you made that work, um, what, uh, what, what, you know, the not so exciting parts of it work, because I'm sure it's, it's work to, uh, to move the needle <laughs> double digits like that, and, and what we can learn from you. So give us a, a quick overview, how you increased your capture rate 12%. Yeah, we did a couple of things. Um, the biggest being how we keep frames on our board um, and how we manage those frames. We also did a facelift of our showroom and our entire building here at our main location and slowly at all of our locations to bring them into the modern times and make them look modern. Um, and then we have also revamped how we price patients for things and make it a little bit easier for them to understand. Very cool. So let's let's break that apart in uh, in chunks. So you... you 
say you uh, you ha you leave all the frames on the board, and I I'm a fifth generation optometrist. So I remember working for uh, well, growing up in the back of Grandpa's practice, being told to to be quiet, but then working for for Dad and um, frames didn't stay on the board. We took them off the board, wrapped them up in the uh, the paper with a little rubber band, threw them in a in a box, and the courier picked them up. Uh, and then we either pulled up uh, a frame from understock, um, or hopefully the rep was coming back in soon so we could reorder and put them back on. So the, the idea of leaving a frame on the board, um, how does that process work? Well, whenever we first switched over to this type of process, we did it on our own. We didn't have um, any outside help doing it. So the biggest thing for us was determining how many board spaces we actually have. Um, you know. We don't just have traditional peg boards anymore. We have a lot of shelving. Um, so determining you know, how many frames actually look good on a shelf, how many frames do we actually need in each of our showrooms, um, and then determining the selection that we need, you know, the different price points that we need from value to luxury, and what does that assortment look like, and then choosing the brands that best fit the needs for that. Um, and then, of course, how do you get rid of all of the things that you have that you don't need, that don't fit into that assortment anymore, I think is um, the most challenging part and usually where my opticians would get stuck because they're like, I don't, I have one of these left, what do I do with it? And, you know, kind of coming up with a plan of do we mark that down? Do we use it for a second pair sale? How do we get rid of that in some cases you know 50 plus frames that we're not keeping in our new assortment mm -hmm. what do we do with them so that was so what did probably you do with our them? biggest challenge but most of the time we did end up marking them down um, once especially once we got to you know only one or two frames left in a line when that mm -hmm. there's not that presence of a brand that people aren't drawn to um, we use them for second pair sales a lot, which is great. You know, we typically do 50% uh, off second pair or something along those lines um, to kind of move those a little quicker than we probably would have if we were trying to sell them full price. Very cool. So, so heavy discount. Try to try to move them, and uh, and I like the the uh, the second pair. So you're you're still making a profit on on the first pair. You're probably turning a small profit on that second pair too. But it, it helps you achieve your goal. And, uh, and I, I don't know if you know uh, Dr. Alex Martin, a good friend of mine and an optical whiz, but he's constantly harping on or preaching to me saying, you know, Aaron, go, go deep. Don't go wide, go deep. And you want to be able to show a full collection of, of uh, fewer brands as opposed to a, a scattering of, of lots of brands. So it sounds like what you guys did. And you said you did this before uh, there was a, a more formal system in place. Uh, I know Vision Source has the Frame Dream program, but you guys were doing this uh, ahead of time. You were pioneers in this area. We were, but I will tell you, Frame Dream makes it a whole lot easier. <laughs> it takes a lot of the thinking out of it. And um, also just the ordering process with Frame Dream is so much smoother than having to try to order from multiple different manufacturers every day to, to get those frames in for your patients. It's definitely an improvement. Ah, very cool. Well, we like in, improvements in, in systems uh, for those of us that don't have a Shelly to, uh, to, to, to run a system like this. Um, I imagine, too, and, and I've seen this in our practice because we do something similar, uh, and we're, we're very much uh, involved in Frame Dream, 
But uh, we found, and I'm curious if you do too, that our cash flow was easier when you're constantly reordering what you're selling as opposed to the large ebbs and flows of uh, big orders once the rep came in and then the, the valleys of you know selling through everything and then having to reorder again. Yes, definitely. I think the biggest thing for us, you know, we are fairly rural, so our reps don't come every six to 12 weeks. It's more like every six months for some of them um, that are going to come and see us. So, you know, if we, even if we ordered a whole bunch of understock and, you know, ordered duplicates of what they think the best selling frames are going to be, they could be wrong. (laughs) And then we have three of the same frame that nobody wants. Or, you know, all of the best sellers are gone and we're waiting, you know, six more weeks before they come back to reorder more for us. Um, Another thing is, you know, while I see myself as an optical expert, I'm not a fashion expert. I'm not an expert in what's going to sell the best. So um, I don't think it's the best thing for me to be picking out the frames, you know. I would have a hard time picking out a frame for an 85-year-old man without him telling me what I want. So having um, the expertise of either a rep or, in our case, Frame Dream, giving us that best selection and always having it has been a huge help. Yes, I agree 100%. I'm I'm definitely not a fashion expert like you, although I'm sure you do much better than I do. Uh, But I've got teenagers, and I see what they wear, and... um, they and I don't agree on what looks good. So I, I <laughs> am in no way ready to, uh, to yeah. or qualified to pick out what, what they want to wear. Uh, so I agree. It, it defaulted to the, uh, to the experts. And uh, because it's not about us, it's about them. And if we take care of them, then, uh, then they'll be able to take care of us. So you, you've got a, a system of, of keeping the frames on the wall, which eliminates a lot of the, the understock, if not all of it. So it, it controls your inventory cost. Um, you've got your best sellers on the wall because you can't sell what you don't have. Uh, that's another uh, Alex Martinism that he uh, has, has preached to me, and, um, and and you show a lot better. I'm sure that uh, it's your case, and, and it's probably the same in ours, or it is the same in our office. I'm assuming it's the same in yours, where I've got one or two frames that do the majority of the work for that brand, but it's how the whole brand is is displayed and showed that uh, that, that sells the brand. Most definitely. I think uh, what you said earlier about going wide is exactly the right thing. Um, and for, like you and I both said, Frame Dream kind of does that for us. Oh, very cool. So you also, in your, your article, you talked about how you, uh, you gave a facelift to your, uh, to your optical, a little bit of a, of a makeover. And, um, but you, you threw a number in there and you said it was about 15,000, which is, it was less than what I would have expected. I would have expected a, you know, a little bit of a higher number when I consider a, a full facelift. So how did you do it for, for that relatively inexpensive cost? And what did you do? Well, our doctors are very handy and one of our doctor's wives is actually a designer. So she designed everything. Cool. And they did most of the work themselves. So um, they took a lot of ideas from, you know, publications and places that they've been to kind of design what they wanted everything to look like. And then they actually built a lot of our displays themselves. 
Um, they oh, wow. did our new flooring themselves. So we, thankfully, and, and honestly, they did a lot of this during COVID whenever we were mostly closed, if not all the way closed. So they took advantage of time that would otherwise have been completely wasted to do all of this. Um, and they painted, you know, they, they literally did all the work themselves, and that was the only way that we were able to do that at such a low cost. But it has made a huge difference. Um, you know, we were, uh, our building, our main building was built um, in the early 2000s, so okay. we were definitely due for a facelift, and it just looks so much more modern, and just the displays are, you know, more what people expect to see in a higher-end retail store so I think people are more comfortable looking around it's more you know more of a shopping experience for them especially for people who are just coming in off the street and not necessarily here for an exam first it just has a much nicer feel and now it's a place where you expect to spend a little bit higher dollar for a pair mm -hmm. of glasses well transforms where the the environment they're in and in our environments most definitely affect our emotions and our emotions help us to, to either spend or not spend the um, well, that's fantastic use of, of time and when it could have been down and and uh, you know, a little finding the, uh, the the silver lining during COVID in the, in the downtime the I've found as well that practices that even just put a fresh coat of paint up um, that changes a, uh, a whole feeling of an office we had one consultant once tell us to constantly touch up things with paint, uh, you know, little markups and scuffs on the wall. One, to keep it looking clean, but two, that, that smell of paint tells people that you're, you care and you're constantly staying on top of things. Yes. It's, a, it's that new smell. Yes, so, definitely. So. definitely. Very you cool. Know, we, have, we have multiple locations, so that's something that we're constantly doing, you know, especially as we add new locations, um, looking for ways to freshen up. We are almost always in a state of, one of our offices is getting some kind of facelift in some way, whether the exam lanes are being painted or we're doing something in our showrooms. So we're very familiar with um, kind of keeping up with that kind of thing. And I, I think you're right that just the smell and seeing people care about their building is huge to patients. Yeah. Well, that's a, I love that. That's a cultural uh, product. A culture, rather that that your your uh, your practice has instilled that we're we're always updating, we're continually, uh, you know, modifying and, and transforming and changing. And my guess is that carries over to the the clinic side as well. You're you're probably staying on top of the the latest ophthalmic lenses, the latest contact lenses, the latest uh, technology. So it doesn't just stop at at paint and and displays, but it carries through the, the whole culture. Definitely, definitely, yeah. it. It definitely does. You know, anytime there's something new, we're at least going to learn about it if we're not going to implement mm -hmm. it. Um, our doctors are very big on te the technology side. You know, we always want to show that we have the best technology. We're going to provide that for our patients. And, um, you know, even staff training, making sure that the staff understands how to talk about these things and um, is excited about it just as much as the doctors are, is very important to us. Oh, uh, or perhaps even more important because they, they talk to, to patients sometimes more than the doctors do. Uh, but let's talk about staff. So you, we've got a few minutes left. You uh, now oversee 
six locations, the, the main and five satellites. Correct. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a handful of staff. And if, if you're anything like the rest of us, there's probably some staff turnover. So you've, you've for sure got your, your tenured uh, legacy staff members, but probably lots of new staff. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you got to get them trained, got to get them up and running. So when it comes to the optical, how are you getting someone who's, you know, knows glasses, worn glasses, but doesn't know the back end of, of glasses and certainly doesn't know the nuances of all the insurances? How do you get them up and running as quick as you guys do? Well, thankfully, we're part of Vision Source. They have a huge amount of resources for just that. Um, we've always been a huge user of Vision Source Learning, and now the update has made it even easier and better to use. I've actually had already had one new optician go through our new hire optician training with the Leonardo cool. platform being Vision Source Learning now. Um, and it was absolutely amazing. He was, I, I don't know if this is just because of Leonardo or because I'm just that good, but um, he got up and running and saw his first patient on his own after two and a half weeks of training. So oh, wow. not only is it the Leonardo platform, but using um, another tool that Vision Source has, which is Vision Source Max, um, mm-hmm. takes a lot of the insurance learning out of the equation, at least at the beginning. Um, They just have to understand how to read a benefit sheet, but not have to understand how to do the math behind it. So um, that is incredibly helpful. And it also just speeds up the process for the patient so much um, that it just really helps opticians be able to connect with their patient more, even when they may not be an optical expert yet. Yeah. So, oh, no, very cool. I love hearing that. And uh, yeah, vision source learning was, was is fantastic. And moving it over to the the new platform with Leonardo, uh, just it it the 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 way to engage with the, the same material, but the engagement is a lot uh, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot neater. Um, plus, we have all the the additional benefits of the Leonardo courses. Um, so yeah, that's, that's adult learning. That's the, the way that, that, that we learn now, you know, I don't open a book. I look at YouTube and, uh, my kids don't even look exactly. at YouTube hardly. They look at, at TikTok to, to teach them. So <laughs> being able to, to learn on that type of, of platform is, uh, is fantastic. And I, yeah, I think we need, you know, advanced degrees to understand some of the managed vision care calculations. So having a tool that, that lets us be with the patient instead of the calculator and the, the, the notepad. Is, is super helpful and uh, and getting somebody up and running on their own in two weeks is 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 fantastic because it's a lot of time when you got to pull trainers and and other people definitely now i won't say everything was perfect but you know he he has rec- progressed so much since then and is absolutely fantastic and um i i do attribute that success to a lot of the vision source tools that we have available. So, very cool. And you mentioned that that by using these these tools in your article, that you saw an increase in um, in multiple pair sales. Um, why do you think that is? I really think um, the biggest 
the best way to get a multiple pair sale is to have a connection with the patient and you know asking the right questions to the patient and being able to have a conversation around their answers and telling them oh I have this great product that you probably didn't even know you needed but I'm gonna make it sound so awesome and explain to you how it's going to benefit you that you just can't resist and if you don't have an inviting space, if you don't have the knowledge of those additional products, and if you don't have you know, a way to give them the information in a quick, efficient way, and by that I mean pricing information, um, you're probably not gonna capture that sale. But if you put all of those things together and you have all of those things, a patient or any person, you know, think of anything that you wanna purchase you're probably going to be way more likely to go ahead and pull the trigger and make that purchase. Whereas if you have, you know, five minutes while somebody's trying to figure out the price of something to think about it, you're going to prob more, much more likely at least walk away because you don't want to spend that money. So um, I think just kind of the psychology behind sales, um, but also giving somebody something that we truly know is going to benefit them and make their lives better is... And being able to convey that is how we increased our multiple pair sales so much. Uh, I've got goosebumps. I don't think um, I've heard a, a better summary of of, uh, uh, of what it takes to uh, to help patients um, and to uh, to help them understand what they need and to uh, to close the sales. And, and obviously, you're doing something right because they trust you uh, enough to to recognize that one pair of glasses just doesn't do the job. So, Shelly, that, uh, that was fantastic. Thank you very much for, for writing your article. Again, we're going to link that uh, to the show notes on how you increased your capture rate 12%. Uh, thank you very much for, for your time today. And I uh, look forward to, uh, to hearing more about your, what you're implementing and successes so we can continue to learn from you. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me.